Have you seen what our new lady mayor has brought us? Do you know that she is attempting to dismantle one of this country's great institutions of law and order? What do you say to that, Lassard? The bitch. When I went through this academy, every cadet was the right weight, the right height, the right color, and they all had Johnson's, Lassard. Every single one of them. Johnson's? You know. Oh, yes. Back in the old days, there were Johnsons as far as the eye could see. And what a lovely sight it was. Ooh, look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to Look What You Made Me View. This is the podcast where she's never tried it, so I supplied it. I'm Ryan. (laughs) And I'm Kaylee. If all cops looked like him, there'd be no crime at all. Mm -hmm. That's a quote from this week's movie, 1984's Police Academy. Mm -hmm. Google, and not just Google, I've discovered, and I may have said this already on a prior podcast, I apologize, but it's actually Wikipedia. They're just using the Wikipedia thing on Google, so that's fun. Either way, quick summary of this film, uh, it, on you know, quick Google summary of this film is when the mayor of a crime-ridden city loosens the restrictions of, on entering the police academy in order to get more cops on the street, all manner of oddball characters enlist to join the force. Among the cadets are suave Carrie Mahoney, hulking Moses Hightower, beautiful Karen Thompson, and sound effects generating Larvell Jones, who all have shown initiative and courage when they are faced with tough situations out on patrol. That's... I guess pretty good. There's a part in there that is at the very top of the film, and I'm glad it's in the summary because I think it is pretty important, this setup. But um, if you had to ex- describe this film to somebody else, Kaylee, how would mm-hmm. you summarize this on a quick um, all search right, of your all brain? Right. Uh, a mayor of a city makes uh, registration for the police academy no longer racist or sexist, so actual people sign up. And uh, then they are put through rigorous tests uh, by a man who will find any excuse to make a uh, queer-centric joke, um, or uh, a man who is uh, undoubtedly racist, and uh, they end up succeeding despite all odds. That's how you're going to convince somebody to watch this movie? Uh, I'm not sure that I would convince somebody (laughs) to watch this movie. I I know we're not there in the podcast, but like, here we go. That's a good question, though. Are summaries like that meant to draw one in or just to simply give you the information? It really does depend on if I, the viewer, if the viewer liked the movie. But doing this show for this long, um, we keep reading these just quick Google search summaries and they're very dry and matter of fact, they don't, they're not selling it. You know what I mean? I think back of the box type right. stuff is more fun. Um, and maybe we should read those instead, but I don't know that we get the back of the box um, for everything. Generally, no, we do not own this movie. It is available on prime, not a sponsor. It makes me wonder because I think the thing on prime said it was, it was actually like a true sales pitch in the sense that it was saying it was commenting on its or the response of people to the movie and everything, you know, it was was too much information. Right. right. Uh, So yeah, that, that was a little weird. You got to draw the line somewhere. No, but I mean, um, our elevator pitch is either you are, Telling somebody they need to watch this movie and why, or 
you don't like the movie. And, and spoiler alert, in this case, I don't recommend this film. I can't wait to talk about why. Um, but I do think it's an important film for us to talk about. I do want to add a little disclosure. This film does have um, racist material. It also has um, homophobic xenophobic material so we, i just want to put that out there i mean and say, it is hey. a movie produced and filmed in 1984 i don't I, I don't think you're going to find many movies that don't fall under all of those categories right yeah i mean i was so surprised by uh we were talking about this when we were watching um revenge of the nerds i was very surprised how non-homophobic it was mm. and then i was so hopeful for this film and I am so sorely yeah, disappointed. Yeah, this one, this one is so hyper cis. I mean, this is like everything about just hetero male is mm -hmm. is driving this movie. There's no, and if there was a gay writer in the room, they were too afraid to to say otherwise, right? That to challenge yeah. any of this bullshit because it is so hypersexual, but only under the male gaze, only as you know a heterosexual white male even. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, we find yes. out one of the characters isn't even uh, a person of color at all. Like there, it's just a white dude pretending to be Spanish or uh, what is he supposed to be? Um, what is his like supposed nationality? He's South American in that, some I, respect. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, Peruvian. Yeah, but or something. I, I don't think they announced that, and I don't think um, the audience at the time cared. He is a, a Spanish-speaking uh, nationality. Some, but like I, I would guess some kind of South American accent. Is what it yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the general vibe that we're supposed to get from this guy whose last name is Martin. But he's not, not Martinez. Actually, yeah, he's not. Um, actually. he does say that he's fourth generation. So. <laughs> Which is a joke. I mean, that's, that's like that everybody's in a, a Native American somehow because it's like my Ooh, and great, great, great We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I looked up uh, briefly just the actual description on the we uh, the streaming service we purchased through. As a crime mm -hmm. wave sweeps the city and the police department suffers a shortage of officers, the mayor decrees that it, uh, admission to the police academy will open to any and all applicants. That doesn't really sell it to me either. I mean, that is really, that's the opening title of the movie. Uh, we, uh, we used to watch this, I guess a lot. Uh, I don't know what it was on. I didn't see it in the theater, but I was a kid. I was a tiny, tiny kid, um, watching this movie a lot. Again, a lot. tiny kid watching movie with lots of boobs. Lots and... of boobs. I mean, I, I wonder sometimes if I am so hetero because of this type of thing, or if that's just what, you know, the way I was going to be, it's hard <laughs> to say, but a lot of the things that I was into that we're now rewatching really support a lot of my tastes. Ryan, are, are you saying that you promote the idea that you can scare the gay away? No, <laughs> okay. not at all. Okay. But uh, would it reinforce these things? Like, I don't know. I, in, without getting too much into my childhood and, you know, how exposed to nudity and things I was, um, I was like, it was not an uncomfortable thing. Not like the people in my world, but in media uh mm -hmm. i had seen lots of nudity so it was just like i don't know um but it was always sexualized too so that's that's kind of a mind fuck you know yeah being comfortable with it yet it also being kind of bizarre like you're not a sexual person yet yeah definitely so the context is lost and that that's part of it so yeah let's let's talk about it man uh that that is kind of the kickoff for me is context of these jokes some of the things that were just totally over my head and what as a kid was drawing me into this movie they're wildly different things <laughs> yeah 
we open up this movie and uh, they want us to read about how the city is doing. I did not get that the city was doing bad and that's why they opened it up. I just thought like uh, they make a big deal that the mayor is a woman mm. um, and they make it out like this is the first time this has ever happened to them. Yeah. And she just opens up uh, enrollment to anybody for the police academy. Yeah. Right. I thought it was just because she's a woman. I didn't realize that um, there's a rise in crime. I don't know about how <laughs> that's supposed that's supposed to set this up. I mean, they could have done an actual scene with said mayor and have her talking to people about it. Right. She is a ghost character. We never see her. We never hear her voice. But they have to have but a they reason. Talk a lot about her. Right. Yeah. They do have to have an origin of this. Um, but I, I was shocked. Um, it, how real is this? I, what, did they have a moment at some point in the eighties where they just started to lift restrictions and you could have more people like this? I don't know. Because force? here's when the crazy... was it not like this and when did it actually change? Is this accurate right. to the time period? Because that kind of blows my mind. If this is a, an historical film, um, Wow. Okay. Because all of the people who are uh, in the police academy in this movie could genuinely be police officers today, right? Right. Like these are very common stereotypes, right? Um, Does not seem odd at all. Yeah. You have people who are like really, really super into it. You have the one guy, Tackleberry, who is very militaristic. Yes. Um, Yeah. We, a large percentage of our police force is um, ex-military. I don't get the impression that Tackleberry himself has served. But he's also ex-security. He is ex-security. He leaves his security job in which he almost murdered people. The Who first time we see a party. We, the first time we see Tackleberry, he's at a security position and he pulls a gun on a guy that's in the building. Um, and why does he have a gun? I don't know. I don't know. And it's a big fucking dirty, hairy gun. Big long. I don't, you know, I'm not a gun nut. I don't know the exact model, but it's that big, dirty, hairy gun. Yeah. And, uh, he goes to this room. He hears some noises. And of course he's just like, shoot first, ask questions later. Mm-hmm. It's dark. He pops some shots off, turns the light on. And there's a bunch of people in there throwing him a going away party because he's going to the police force. Yeah. Imagine if this guy did not have the sharpshooting skills of a stormtrooper. I don't um, even think that's it. I think it's coincidental because if he had Lord. said skills, he would have murdered these people. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. This is what I'm saying. We have like, like five fucking dead bodies in this place. Yeah, he shoots like a stormtrooper. Like all all of these people in this room are going to be like uh, major characters in this story. Therefore, <laughs> oh, they cannot die. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the point I'm trying to make here. Yeah. Um, Thank God, this guy is nuts. And and we have like subsequent scenes where we see, you know, the cast of characters that we're uh, strapping him with that we're gonna. We start to get a little bit of movie. background. You know, it's it's like the Revenge of the Nerds where they're showing up to school. Yes, this is the showing up to school. It is police academy, so this is like college meets police. Right? This is exactly like how um, uh, Revenge of the Nerds starts. Yes, you see everybody coming together before they actually come together. How, well, okay, so I'm starting to think about this, and mm-hmm. there are so many fucking movies that are kind of the college story, and yeah. this is another shoehorning in of that type of experience. And I feel like it's lazy writing because people are in college or just getting out of college as writers and they're writing about literally uh, the thing they're going through yeah. or just got through. Yeah. Now 
that's what people do. I mean, people, songwriters write albums about their relationship they just left, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It just seems kind of tired. But if we want to keep watching it, we'll keep watching it. I mean, I what's the general audience here? I imagine that it is um, high school, post-high school people. So, yeah, I think they're writing for their audience as well. Okay, so I looked up the writing on this because I was very curious. Some of it seemed tonally similar. Um, and I think a lot of it's like guys moved on to do things like Naked Gun. Um, let's see. there. You know, it's a lot of just like silly slapstick stuff. Uh, Scream movies, I think uh, one of them was involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, Hot Shots. So just like almost like parody films. Um, okay. So the joke timing is in it's very um just like national lampoon just quick wit it's about jokes it's really not about anything else you're, you're, absolutely you're fitting a story into uh jokes these are set pieces on which jokes will be told yeah yeah um there's a yeah there's a setup or whatever where a guy is told to park a car he's like nah man there are oh, no that's spots. mahoney yeah so we get introduced to mahoney and he is working at a uh, car lot yeah what a fun job. Um, a guy with a wig. <laughs> that might be a fun job. I don't know. Uh, I would imagine some of those cars stink. Yeah. And he has to park them himself. It sounds stressful, right? Like, what if you yeah. accidentally scratch a car? Whatever. Yeah, my anxiety would yeah would not allow me to do that. <laughs> we all know I am a terrible driver. Fun fact, I got into a car accident on my way to go pick up the hard copy of my license. <laughs> I'm terrible at driving. This job stressed me out. He puts that car on two wheels and he... <laughs> yeah the it. the boss is like hey find room for this fucking car and, you know he told the guy there was no room so he decides all right well i'm gonna drive it in sideways and then it'll fit but it totally wrecks the car up now yeah. he says something as he's arguing with the boss he's like he's being unreasonable or or something to that effect where mm-hmm. he's like this guy's crazy and you expect me to you know adhere the customer can't be right in this situation because he's so out of line yeah that's his argument perfect mentality for a cop right yeah. I don't fucking like these people. Yeah. They, they, these people are annoying. I don't want, you know, I don't really want to do my job. Why is this person expecting so much from me? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. So that's what that's where it started to build for me, uh, you know, as a modern viewing where I'm thinking, uh, I have a different mindset. Uh, I have experiences that inform me and, mm-hmm. and have uh, an effect on how I react to this film. And it's clearly more painful to watch because holy shit you just think yeah there are a bunch of numb nuts like this on the force and that's why we have so many fucking problems because these people are idiots or assholes or sociopaths and Mahoney uh, as likable as he can be as charming as he can be he's a a sociopath sociopath. to the fullest yeah I mean this whole thing he's a big child yeah he's a big fucking child like uh, yes he is um, smart and and clever and and heroic at you know at the end Mm -hmm. but um he really is a, he just fucks around all the time yeah he, he there's no consequences for it so he continues to do it and He's that's the problem Loki. Uh, yeah he shout he out to the Loki. Loki series go Damn, watch it Mahoney. it is the only good thing from Marvel <laughs> Maloki Maloki He's Maloki I love it yeah get this man some horns some oh, horns some horns he would love that oh horns horns he would love it <laughs> people if you got... horns oh man he does get some um <laughs> And some sex workers. 
but there's so uh, much sex stuff in this and, and, <laughs> yeah, and we will talk lot. about it yeah um okay so he gets booked he goes to um jail he meets the coolest person ever he's just like a beatboxer mr jones this is so wild larvel jones Lar- yeah larvel jones larvel jones uh okay. really cool name larvel um but it's really odd how quickly they become friends like he just likes him instantly yeah. and it's only because he sees him doing some weird ass um noises uh he's making beats he you know entertaining himself while he's waiting yeah what it, they they exchanged the reason they were there i thought right um yes he pulls out um mr jones pulls out a radio thing and he pretends to shoot um he makes like a gun noise or so whatever so he's arrested because he made some noises yes and yeah. freak people out. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. what's that? Uh, uh, disturbance of the peace. Disturbance of the peace. Okay. Whatever. Um, yeah. So as they're taking uh, our protagonist, Mahoney, uh, back to talk to the chief or whatever, there's a kid wearing a mask shirt. I thought that was a cool nod to a guy who was in this movie who was also in MASH. Which guy was in MASH? Okay. So uh, the... <clears throat> The main asshole who's teaching them how to do everything. Yeah. Oh, why can't I think of his name? Um, God damn it. He's Sergeant Lieutenant. He sucks. Yeah. Dipshit. Yeah. Anyway, he plays Rizzo in MASH, and that's a show that I grew up on. For better or for worse, we can talk about that some other time. But I was like, yeah, cool, a familiar character, and he is equally as um, terrible in this movie as he is in the show. The guy show. with the little cane. <laughs> the little uh, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, so a deal is made. The plot is... The little is, thin penis. The little thin penis. A plot is formed. Uh, he's going to go to police academy or he's going to go to jail. And he can leave police academy if he gets thrown out. But we find out that that is an impossibility. So there are so many layers to the fact that... That Mahoney is here and the things around Mahoney. Why is this motherfucker so important? Reed is the captain. He's the head honcho. This is the top, right? Mm -hmm. And he's the one that loves Mahoney. He's like Mahoney's dad's ex-partner or some bullshit. Yeah, we really don't get into that. Because, you know, he lost his dad. You know, uh, his dad was an officer that died on in duty or something. Mm -hmm. Um, In duty. (laughs) Died in duty. That officer died in duty. Died um, in duty. Not really fun to joke about officers dying. but Absolutely um, not. But. I mean, not not funny, but not funny. Not funny, yeah. Ryan. I mean, but the duty God part was it. real the funny. Duty f- <laughs> the duty part was great. Okay, moving on. That's why I laughed. I just needed everybody to understand. <laughs> not duty, the death part. Duty will always the duty be funny. Part. Okay, okay. Where was I? Um, All right. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> the crew shows up. I'll take over from here. Thank you very much. The crew shows up at Police Academy, right? And um, there's the was accident- making a point. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Was I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Go for it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Lost in the duty. Okay, this so grown Reed, man. Um, so Reed is the uh, is basically taking care of him left and right. Uh, Mahoney is getting into trouble all the time. This sucks. This really sucks. Yeah. Reed looks dope. First yeah. of all, his mustache. Oh is boy, crazy. Captain Crunch level mustache. Yes. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. So the idea is he's fed up. He's gonna finally send him to jail or fucking. Uh, he's going to go to this police academy. And mm-hmm. he thinks um, 
the way it's set up is, oh, you don't really have to like it. You don't have to stay there. But at least if you stay for a while, it'll be good for you. Yeah. So he just wants to weasel his way out of it. And we find out later that this is set that he has to stay there. He can't quit. I don't know how that really works because I would imagine you could be a disruptive enough to get out of this. But let's yes. get back into the layers. Yeah, so we have yeah. the captain, Reed, uh, and then it's... um. I don't know who the next person is. It's the guy that informs Commandant Lassard of his... Uh, Lieutenant Dickhead. Lieutenant Dickhead. No, that's the guy with the little thin penis thing, right? Oh, why are there so many cops? That's why there I'm... That's what I'm fucking be. talking about. Right. There are like five people involved in this conspiracy against Mahoney. And why? I why is know. anybody participating in this bullshit? It doesn't... Reed seems like the chillest motherfucker. So you piss him off... Whatever, he's just going to throw Mahoney in jail. Yeah. He's going to say, yeah, you know, you fucked around and I got to throw you in jail now. Got to jail. Finally give him his lesson, right? But um, yeah, so it's that guy. I can't think of his name, but he's like, how would we... Cons fuck, what... I'm trying to give some uh, analogy to this as far as the levels. And there are too many people involved for me to do it. Right. Um But either way, then we get to Lassard and then the Lassard... The Lassargent... <laughs> Ultimately, Lassard oh and the Lassargent are, are the people that are going to handle him at the academy. Yeah. Lassard is the dean. Here is our analogy. Uh -huh. Our, our um, parallel he's is he's a, dean. he's a dean and then the professor being Lassargent, uh, the, the shitty guy that is the sergeant that wants to fuck with everybody. He's just crabby. Now, yeah. he is kind of in the pocket of the other guy that's just above Lassard. Yes. Um, who is full on racist. He's like, uh, back in my day, everybody at the police academy was, quote, his words, not mine, the right color. And they all had Johnsons. What the fuck, man? Like, out the gate, this guy is talking about how, like, all these new recruits um, are not his cup of tea. I feel like it's, it's kinda, a diverse group. I feel like it's driving the point of it home, though, where this is a new thing. Yeah. And watching this as a kid, I had no sense of that. It was just people showing up and trying to be cops. Yeah. I didn't have a sense that this was um, a change in, in the hiring process and the people included. So um, that's a really important level to this, honestly. It honestly is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it kind of makes me angrier that they're making fun of this very necessary change let women in the police force let people of color in the police force like god damn man yeah. why are we mocking this amazing thing that that is finally okay well all right so be a cop or go to jail yeah <laughs> he goes what a, what think about that dynamic think yeah. what is that teaching people because if you're a cop you're not going to go to jail obviously i don't know I don't know. So be a cop or go to jail. That is the lesson here. Yeah. We as people that live in this country are meant to be law enforcement or be enforced on, have law enforced on us. You're either the hammer or the nail. Yeah, right, man. Right. It's always a binary. Yeah. But also why bring, he, he, part of the condition is I got to bring uh, that guy with me. And he's talking about Jones, uh, Larvell Jones. Yes. Why? Why he doesn't know him? It's so weird to get he's, him involved. He's trying to get him out, right? He's I trying guess, to get him he, the same deal could, that he got. Kaylee, now he has to be a cop. <laughs> yeah, 
but he seems like a nice guy, so I think he's better off. I'd be as pissed. A, I don't know. I'd be pissed. I mean, Mr. Jones had to um, make a choice, yeah. I'm sure. They didn't force him to do this. While he's talking about it, to, while they're selling him on the, um, hey, you need to go be a cop, he's like, yeah, you've seen the commercials. What? What commercials? I don't know. Were there a lot of commercials in the 80s? I like, grew up in the 80s. Before? I don't remember any be a cop commercials. You know what, though? There are a shit ton of um, join the army commercials now, and I can't remember that ever not being a thing. So me as a 90s okay. kid. I, Maybe that's part of this story. This is a thing. And that's why it didn't click for me, because I didn't see that opening uh, exp exploration <laughs> explanation yeah. uh where they're inviting all these people in because of the um increase in crime so yeah there's commercials if you're going to expand the force and you need a bunch of people quickly there's probably commercials because of that mm -hmm. cool all right yes academy yeah we're finally here we have reached that point um le sergeant walks out polishes his dick stick and then goes and greets the new The little troops. knob on his dick the stick, too. The little knob on his dick <laughs> stick. Um, yeah, and we get the full rundown of, of who's who. Um, one of the guys gets humped by a dog. Oh, yeah, Lassard. Okay, so I, I, when we were watching this, that opening scene where they're plotting against Mahoney or explaining, like, hey, Lassard, you need to be compliant, mm -hmm. they all do a uh, you know maniacal laugh thing and i was telling you pay attention because this is like straight you there's no signs of who lassard is yet he looks like he's actually in on it but now have, having seen the film you realize he's such a dumbass he had no fucking clue what they were talking about oh yeah the this time. this is the man in charge yeah it, it's awesome because he's yeah. su he's such an idiot but um he's charming too he's very smart yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in some ways. I mean, he, like as far as his lexicon, I mean, he's got a good diction and everything. Um, he's fairly intelligent on appearance. I love this character because of that. Yeah. He but, seems like a genuinely nice guy. A little homophobic. Yes. Oh, but, man. Um, entertains racists. But yeah. Yeah. Um, other than those atrocities. Yes. He's, he, he seems like he is supposed to be like the nice dopey character. Yeah. Um, okay. he's, he's the happy grandpa. When Le Sergeant walks by to observe the troops, um, Mr. Jones does the squishy shoe noise. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. One of my favorite parts as a kid is this, you know, noise making all the time. That's definitely a draw, you know, the silliness of that. Because so cool. it's just cool. It's just really, really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then they, they kind of get right into it. Um, but important plot point, Le Sergeant... Um, Gets two guys, um, Harris and Callahan. Callahan. Callahan, as far as partners to uh, teach, or like, what am I saying? Um, trainers. Yeah, he gets a couple of other fellow racists to um, rat out anybody Callahan? who's being bad. Oh, Col um, Coldman. <laughs> Colvin. Doesn't matter. Callahan. <laughs> the the two like Nazis basically. They they get their heads shaved um, because they're idiots thinking they have to shave their heads. Yeah. Um, and now they look more like douchebags. Yeah. Yeah, that that does seem intentional actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And they drive. We see their car later. Their car has a D uh, Dixie flag on it. It does indeed. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. These guys are fucking Nazis. I mean, it or yeah, at least totally. I mean, wannabes. they come in with. Um, they come in with that energy, and it just escalates from there. Yeah, I shouldn't say Nazis, but they're definitely racists. 
Yeah, and then and then the shenanigans start, right? Like they go on a run and everything, and they do their workout, and they get, um, you know, the brunt of it. Um, we see that who can jump over the wall, who cannot jump over the wall. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, who just the, kicks the wall over? Um, the police uh, fitness test, yes. Yeah, and then we get an open window shower scene. The one with Mahoney? Yeah. Looking at the girls? Yeah. Okay. So that's a great, that's a great example of 80s perviness. Yeah. Um, which and, is everywhere. And men just generally movies. not understanding how women act around each other when men aren't there. This is not it, people. Like, yeah. like this is not it. Mm-hmm. This is a fantasy. Um, which you can keep to yourself. <laughs> it's odd that the timing of it is Mahoney's there drinking a beer and then Le Sergeant creeps up on him and, you know, ruins the, the moment. And She's the second way. he kind of looks towards the window, they the women see him. Mm-hmm. How come they can't see Mahoney the whole time? Maybe they did see Mahoney and they were cool with it. And then um, Le Sergeant shows up and they are not cool with it. It of may have not. been consensual viewing. Who knows? I wonder. He might have been a like. You know, he might have said, "Hey, ladies, mind if I hang out up here?" Who knows? I would have liked to have known if it was consensual. Would have been nice. Um, Must be nice. Um, this movie, at times and, and m- much of the time, feels like an '80s sitcom. It has beats of an '80s sitcom or an '80s show, a TV show. Yeah. Um, the opening credits are like that, where there's just like credits rolling over some, you know, uh, action going on. Yeah. Um. And by action, I mean uh, Tackleberry just fucking creeping through the halls of some building, being a weirdo security guard overdoing it. Yeah. Um, we have a guy, um, uh, Martinez, in drag um, to sneak into <laughs> the the women's All the classics. Rooms. Yeah. 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 Okay. And it was at this moment when I saw a woman, uh, uh, excuse me, a man very clearly dressed as a woman, that I thought, oh my God, this is MASH. This is MASH right here. Okay, allow me to explain for I just I feel like a there second. is an influence though. Yeah, I mean, the, yes. the age of these guys that are making this movie, it does seem like a heavy influence. There's got to be an influence there because this is, you know, the same thing that happens in MASH. You have a character, Klinger, who's trying desperately to get out of the army because mm. he was drafted. Right. So he oh. starts to act really weird. He dresses like a woman. Wow. Um, yeah, this is this is Mahoney. I was fully expecting Mahoney to do full drag and huh. and I would have loved to have seen that. Um Is this the first mashup? This is the first mashup. Yeah. No, there are a lot of mash elements here. And and that was kind of a comfort for me. That's something that I know really, really well. This was otherwise a an uncomfortable film for me to watch as a member of the queer community and an ally. Like, mm, it was uncomfortable in parts. I appreciated these comedic elements. That Very little attempt in. at respecting any of that in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, shenanigans ensue. They eventually get to have their first, uh, weekend of leave. I thought, wait, is that when they have the party? Yeah, that's, that's when they have the party. Oh, is that after the, uh, the hotel scene where, where he creeps up into Callahan's, uh, room? The other sergeant lady, the instructor? I'm not sure. He's dressed in in drag and he creeps up to the room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's way later. Oh, okay. That's way later. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So we have the party. Le Sergeant uh, goes up to his two Nazi pals and he's like, yo, find out where the party's going to be at this weekend. So who do they go to? They go to Barbara. Why would Barbara know where the party's at? And you're saying Barbara like anybody would know. Like that sounds like it's a woman. It's not. It's not. Leslie Barbara. Wow. I didn't that catch is the this name. man's name. Leslie Barbara. And he's just kind of soft, like timid. So they're picking on him, trying to get him to figure it out. And he's real sweet about going, you know, going up to Mahoney and asking. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to go to the party. Mahoney's but... too, too cool for that, though. Yeah. yeah. But I really need to know the address. So Mahoney gives him a fake address, which he then gives to the two Nazi guys. And oh, my God. Blue Oyster. The Blue Oyster. Not without the cult. I, I realized, you know, a, you know, a minute into it. Oh, that's, that's no a cult. Band name. But another band shows up. It's the Village People. Yeah. Oh God my damn God. It. It's like um, immediately the Village People cast are the first five gay guys you see. Yeah. So the two Nazis uh, get misled into um, believing that the party is at this bar. Turns out it's a gay bar. And we see, like, uh, a man dressed as a cop. We see a man dressed as a cowboy. It, like, the full village people crew yeah. is in the house. And ultimately, they in most of them are in, like, biker gear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the only... They're really rugged looking. Yeah. The only way you can be gay uh, in the 80s is if you are a fake police officer or a biker. Yeah. Or a cowboy. Yeah. And that's it. And I, I have a problem with this scene because the inherent homophobia is they have no agency to leave, right? They're being held captive here somehow. Right. But I mean, they're being, um, sorry. um, they're being, um, I don't know. They seem okay when they're dancing with the, um, the gentleman at the bar. They no, seem- the one guy looks like he's, you know, held captive and the other guy's sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but How? I'm not sure how that happens. He's but, tired. It's yeah, been a long day. <laughs> Chasing Mahoney around. <laughs> Chasing Mahoney around, you know. Just like having a kid. Because <laughs> he is a giant child. That's how, that's how we got to refer to it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, she's been a long day. Chase Mahoney around. <laughs> we should call her Mahoney. That'd be fun. Call our own kid Mahoney. Mm-hmm. I don't want to refer to my kid as anything from this movie. Call her Mahoney. Mahoney. I'm okay with that. I like it. Um. Yeah, they're like dancing. I didn't get the vibe that they were being held against their will. I got the vibe that like they were going to get beaten up if they did anything crazy. But then these guys like pull them into dance and then they're okay. Um, Very possible that that is not the case. Yeah, I don't um, know. I don't know. Yeah. Because everything is so homophobic in this movie and in that time period. Like it's just hard to determine whether or not they were they had any sensitivity in that. I don't know, but I'm going to continue believing that the guy who fell asleep while dancing liked it. Uh, that That is what I'm yeah. shipping. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see that. Um, yeah, but the real party happens, um, and, and women just start taking off their tops. Oh, I forgot. That's so funny. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, I don't remember much about the party, and then you said that, and that's kind of weird because it's basically like boob fest, and I think you could play a game with this. Uh, you know the jars full of candy? You could have somebody watch this movie and try to guess how many boobs were in this movie. <laughs> oh my God, I love that idea. Wouldn't that be great? Right, right, right. Okay, you give them the film it's title. It's like the jar of bean, jelly beans, yes. but the jar of booby beans. <laughs> Ryan, this is the, the best booby, booby game beans. ever. The booby beans. Okay, okay, I got it. You give them the title and then you give them the year that the movie came out because 
That's important. Well, they have to watch the movie. They have to have a, the ability. No, no, no. That's oh. what you guess with. And then you watch the movie and then you count how many boobies are in this movie. Mm. That's what I'm saying. But at least the jar of jelly beans, you get to look at it. Yeah. You just can't write it down. I see what you're You can't saying. have the ability to count it. We need to refine this game. If you have ideas about how to make the booby beans game possible. Oh, you watch it at double speed. <laughs> yes. That's it. Okay, because okay, okay. boobies. No, that's very, very good. <laughs> Because um, two, right? No, um, yeah, double but, speed. That way it's possible you may have missed something, but it's more of a guess that way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. audience, if you have ideas on how to make booby beans better or how to make it a more popular game, Is there please a proper... email us at <laughs> lookwhatyoumademeview at gmail.com. Is there a proper name for that game, Jar Jelly Beans? I mean, what the, I'm just <laughs> saying Jar Jelly Beans over, I'm, over uh, No, I'm sticking with booby beans. <laughs> I know, but I, if there's a proper name That's for great. it, we might be able to play it. But anyway. Yeah, um, movie boobies. All these tops being taken off around the fire. Are, are they throwing their tops in the fire? I have no idea. It looks like it. Um, It's like the step beyond a bra burning. It's burning your top as well. Yeah. Um, it's an odd choice. Um, even the woman in this movie realizes it's an odd choice. And she's like, yo, Mahoney, whom I am crushing on, let's get the fuck away from this weirdness. And then they go hang out together. Yeah, they have like a cute little moment. Then this is where we have the scene with uh, Martinez going into the woman's room and yeah, getting caught. He's been sneaking into the ladies section uh dressed as a lady and she catches him and like basically forces herself on him um he he is not resistant uh it does seem very consensual particularly because of the next scene where he's talking to mahoney and he's slipping in and out of his accent <laughs> during that mm. and mahoney does call him out that's how we found out about um him not being a true martinez but the point of that whole thing is uh, he's in love now with Callahan uh, because he's never really experienced being dominated like that. And he really liked it. And Mahoney's talking to him. He says, how many girls? And he says, one. He's like, ooh, just one girl. <laughs> he said, that's disgusting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is, it's not, he's saying that um, because the guy is normally with, you know, like three or four women he at a time. He seems like a polyamorous guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he does not seem like a, a one person kind of person. One person kind of person. Yeah, but he does the walk of shame for this woman. So maybe it is love. I don't know. Oh, it's definitely love because at the end of the movie, we see them walking out together and he's she's talking about her parents and all this stuff. And yeah, you how will he's meet my even... parents at eight. You yeah, will dude. give my mother flowers. It's right on. Yeah, very for it. Okay, um, and then a sex worker enters the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're trying to get Mahoney thrown out. Like they're trying everything. So they're about to do a room inspection Dumb and Dumber um, uh, hire a sex worker and uh, put her in Mahoney's room. This is after, I think, uh, Le Sergeant, who orders them to do this, basically, um, no, realizes that he, that Mahoney's going nowhere. He's yeah. tried to get Mahoney out of here, um, call Reed directly, and realizes in that moment, oh, man. There's something bigger here, and I can't get this guy going. Yeah, yeah. Um, he calls Reed, and Reed's like, no, not going to happen. 
And then Mahoney ends up deciding to stay because he likes um, a woman who is Kim also- Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Thank what, you. What's her character on uh, Sex in the City? I have so, never seen Samantha. Sex in the City, so I is have no Samantha? idea. Uh, wrong person. I'm sure a ton of people in the comments are going to let us know. Damn, Tom's got a rhyme about it, too. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no, never mind. I'm thinking of something else. Um, but yeah, either way, she uh, is very young in this. And one of the only movies I remember her being in, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, but, she's gorgeous. Yeah, and I don't know if Dang. she's any, in any of the sequels or not. But there, you know, her flirty thing with Mahoney is her thighs, and he finally sees those and decides he wants to stick around. Yeah, nasty. What's nasty about that? That's how I choose to live my life. Is like, um, hmm, what is the person that I currently am interested in, and or Trondo Smash? What are they doing? I'll just follow that. Cool. What do you mean? I mean, Mahoney has no agency um, oh. within himself. He has no direction. He just kind of is floating along. And we Disagree. don't see that character change at all. Um, we see zero character He's kind of a change. I mean, he's heroic at the end. But to me, that's his personality type is to like get involved and have to be there. For, for me, he's an attention whore. And that's why. <laughs> he's a FOMO ho. He, yeah, I mean, he just he needs attention so badly. Um he he will put himself in danger. Yeah, uh, apparently. So, Absolutely. really really fascinating guy. This one, um, it's it sucks that he has to be the hero of this movie. I I, I find myself liking him and uh, you know referring to him fondly, but ultimately, he's just not cool, man. Nobody's that cool in this. There there are no. a handful that I, that I like. Jones is great. You know what? Yeah, Jones Larvelle, is yeah. awesome, and I really like Leslie Barbara. I yeah. think he is also nice. Yeah. Well, um, we are slowly creeping towards a moment with all of these people. Uh, it's coming to a head. You know, they have to be judged. We know that. Um, and it, it comes to a head in this dumbass thing. It's like this um, Rube Goldberg type situation where a cop yeah. throws an apple out of a window. The accident prone cop. So I have been waiting this entire movie for the accident prone character who was established within the first few scenes of this movie to do something. Mm -hmm. And now at the end of the movie, he finally does. He throws a an apple at a guy. Is he the same guy whose wife was on the windshield? Yeah, yeah, God yeah. damn That's it. That's the guy. Yeah, I, I was commenting while we were watching it. The guy is uh, pulling up to be a cop while breaking some very serious laws. Um, but I guess, again, you're you're either going to be a cop or you're going to jail. Right. His wife, who is full on pole vaulted over fences to chase down was, her husband. Oh, yeah, that was great. Uh, is riding on top of this guy's car. He yeah. shows up for police academy and does not even mm, acknowledge his wife, who is now laying on the ground. I guess that's, on in. that's part of his accident prone character. I mean, that seems inconsistent. Know. He seems he's doing that on purpose to me. And that was crazy. Um, he but, throws this apple out of a window. Yeah. He's handed the apple. I don't know why. I don't fucking, it's just so strange how this all comes together. Um, throws it, hits a dude on the head and they're in like the hood. Like dudes are looking pretty rough and like they're, they're about to do something to you if you look at them wrong. Yeah. So, um, the point we're trying to, the point we're supposed to get from this is these guys walk up to the car, very intimidating looking, see this wimpy looking cop, and this is the idea we're supposed to get. Like, 
If police are not feared, mayhem breaks out. Because a riot then ensues. No, the way that works is he gets hit in the, the guy gets hit in the head with the apple, turns around, sees a different guy walking up the street eating an apple. Oh, wow. Thinks it's that guy. Okay. Doesn't think it's the cops at all. Punches him in the face. That starts a fight. Got it. Okay, okay. And then that starts some other bullshit across the street. And then somebody runs in a building and says, hey, there's a riot out there. And then it just escalates and it just blah, 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 blah. So I think that's the part of like where crime is out of hand and, you know, any little thing could spark something. But God damn it, was it the smallest of things? It was so obnoxious. Really, that's it. They they have a hostage situation in which uh, Mahoney um, is pretty much leading the way and kind of guiding people to help figure this out and talk the guy down or at least get access up, up there. And he's holding um, Le Sergeant hostage. He gets him. Yeah. Um, all right. Let, let's lay it out here. Uh, a man who has a feather in a bandana like he is a Native American warrior. Oh, is, is that what that is? Yeah. He is, just looked kind of like... Um, a uh, street ruffian. It seems odd <laughs> that he thing. has a feather sticking straight up out of his hair and he's holding a cop Yeah, but hostage. people co-opt shit all the time. Yeah, but I thought it was a choice to co-opt it specifically in this scene with this character in this movie. Okay. And I don't know where I want to go with that point, so I'm just, I'm putting it out there. Okay. You know, if people have opinions, please let me know. I'm curious what you guys think. Um, But whoa. <laughs> Le Sergeant gets captured, then Mahoney gets captured, and it is ultimately, is it High Castle? Is that his name? Hightower. Hightower. Hightower has been kicked out, by the way. He's been kicked out, so he's he can play like he's pissed off at these guys and gets on the side of the guy that's holding them hostage, says, yes. no, I want to see you smoke these motherfuckers. So uh, guy doesn't shoot him, says, hey, yeah, which one should I kill first? Says this guy turns yeah. around, busts him in the face, and saves the day. Yeah. So now Mahoney and Hightower have uh, accommodate or accommodations, a credit, uh, honors. Uh, honors. They receive honors. They 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 have acquired honors, mm-hmm. and they're heroes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then while Mahoney is giving his speech, we have the scene in which um. The sex worker unzips his fly in the same manner that the sex worker unzipped um, Lassard's yes. fly in the middle and, of his speech. And Lassard gives him a little look yeah. and then turns away like, go ahead and get your thing going. In the middle of the speech. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so weird. So I think Lassard is pranking him back, right? He's getting him back. Oh, yeah. He's totally getting him back. But I don't understand, like, how Lassard knew because Lassard thought that it was Mahoney who um but, but he didn't. See, I think this is one of those things where... He's smarter than he lets on. Okay. Like he went back and looked at the podium. Some of that playing dumb is working for him. Okay. Uh, It's a Boris Johnson situation. That man is smarter than he wants people to think he is. Yeah. And some people also have a face that just doesn't look like it's processing anything. Again, Boris Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we have gotten to the end here, and uh, here we are. I would like to express some of the uh, highlights and lowlights. So, um, what kind of highlights you got for me? What, what if anything, is a highlight of this film for here's you? Here's my highlight, and um, I'm glad we saved this because I do want to talk about it. My highlight is when Hightower is driving the stolen vehicle. That oh, was a yeah, yeah. fun scene for me, right? They steal the uh, the shithead guys, the racist guys' car. Uh huh. We have a moment like in um, I'm thinking of the Arnold. Well, they steal it because Hightower can't doesn't know how to drive and he's got to pass the driving test. But and yeah, 
Yeah, I'm thinking of Commando, which we watch for this podcast. He uh-huh. rips out the front oh. seat, sits in the back seat, drives this tiny ass uh, Honda Civic around. A 1983, probably Honda Civic. Yeah, yeah. it's really, really fun. And um, yeah, then a, a car chase happens with the cops. Um, we've talked about how much I love car scenes and movies. I think they're fascinating. So yeah, that was that was my highlight. Um, any bit with Hightower was awesome. He is a very, very interesting and fun character. Yeah, it was funny. Um, the, he gets in the car and his legs are so fucking crunched up against him. It is the tiniest car for him. I wish they had tried to make him drive it like that. Absolutely. I mean, I, it, it leads into the um, the test and he's like just swerving through that fucking thing. I thought that's what you were ta- going to say was your favorite part. That was also I mean, really cool. Yeah. He, he I guess looks that combined. Like he's having a really good time. Yeah. This is a moment that we get a lot with white characters in movies. We get this moment where like he uh, tries something. He's able to learn how to do it perfectly in a day or in a night. And then he aces the test. We get this a whole lot in like Harry Potter or <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a ton of movies doesn't matter it was cool to see it happen to Hightower a character that I really really enjoyed um it was especially cool for that to happen um when it's immediately juxtaposed to the next scene when he gets kicked out yeah for defending Hux right yeah I think it's way cooler than like a montage to show somebody getting better at something to have just like a cool scene um and then cut to them exercising the muscle or like flexing the muscle pretty cool uh low light for you oh boy okay my low light is a blanket statement well my low light of course is any of the racist and homophobic material that happens in here and then ultimately the end of the movie um when we see the bus and um all the cops are in their riot gear and everything it's a very intense scene and, and it's um scary to look at. It's it's scary to see. Like I was feeling the same level of fear that I felt when we watched Saw, right? Okay. Like that that's the intensity with which um I, I was having that emotion. Yeah, and we have Tackleberry who has live ammunition and is specifically told not to use it. And I'm thinking like there are real implications to this, right? Like this is obviously supposed to be a lighthearted story and it's supposed to be really funny, but there are some serious undertones to this that are fucking scary. Yeah. 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 So without, without beating that too hard, (laughs) I'm trying to think of how, no, I'm trying to not say, you brought it like way down and then you made the most fucking comment, (laughs) Kaylee. You and your dirty mind. I was trying. You watch this movie. <laughs> you can't stop talking about sex now. <laughs> no, I was trying to. And I just turned it off. I just turned it I was trying to not say horse because there's a horse in this film. And what happens to that horse is just oh, wrong. Fuck. How did we not uh, talk about the fucking horse? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We can talk about the horse. 
All right. Well, we're going to talk about that in, uh, I will uh, put that into some of my highlights here. Um, All right. I'm ready for it. Yeah, man. Lowlights is definitely the fucking riot gear on the cops and the trigger happy tackleberry and all the homophobic shit and all the racist shit. Yeah. That's uh, all yeah. I got to say. I, I think, you know, my highlight is. Uh, Yo, everybody, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. This is one of the greatest music videos of all time. One of the greatest music videos of all time. Drug. Right. That was spinning around by Jump Five. Ryan. <laughs> Is that what that was? How are you feeling? God damn it. Um, <laughs> I get so angry watching this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. I, I had to stop watching it almost. You know what? Before we get into how angry you are. Yeah, let's um, follow the format here. I need to tell you. Um, <laughs> this was one of the first CDs that my older sister and I got. Um, this is a Christian band. And... This song is about Jesus. Do you have the lyrics available? Um. Okay, I can pull up the lyrics, but uh, I still know some of them. Um, I keep my heart and my eyes on you because mm-hmm. you keep me spinning around. I need to be more specific, and let, let's let's talk a little bit about um, this video. You, you've explained you've brought it to us because it's a very early thing you and your sister shared, but. Why did I need to see it? <laughs> because this is this is the the Christian rock band Jesus is my boyfriend music that Why I grew up with. Why is this the greatest video of all this time? This is the greatest video of all time because <laughs> it is a time capsule of chunky highlights, terrible hair, and yell singing into auto tune. I literally became nauseous. <laughs> Like, my stomach started to hurt, and I got sick watching this. I'm getting sick thinking about it, actually. People, this is a first. It, it's because of the way the, the video looks. There's a lot of spinning. It's called Spin spin Me Around or something, spinning right? Spinning Around. All right. Now, the other thing is the audio design. There's a very early line. So uh, give me, uh, like, the first lyric that is Yeah, not I was thinking about it yesterday. I was thinking about tomorrow uh-huh. in a dizzy kind of sort of way, uh-huh. like Vertigo. Like Vertigo, and he goes... <laughs> 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 the vocal effect takes his voice 59 octaves down. Okay, if somebody on the planet Earth can prove to me that any of these people can sing without auto-tune, like, please let me know. That, I don't want to insult. These are children, right? They don't need to be great singers. I'm not worried about that. But uh, the production mm-hmm. on this was nauseating. Mm-hmm. Now, moving okay. forward, Fair uh, towards the end of this, there's a rhyme scheme of like um, equal or um, or something right take it slow and not so fast mm-hmm. so jesus appropriate right z is first and a oh no that's is way too last. late that's way too late okay okay um let me see every okay. now and then i feel your peacefulness surround me hmm. then once again it all goes up and down and over under around and round 
All right, you talk. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Um, yeah, this was a, a CD that I shared with friends from uh, my church. And I had totally forgotten about this music video and this CD in general until I was walking um, around our city with a friend of mine. And she was like, dude, 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 name this band. It was a Christian band. There were five members. And uh, the lead singer just yell sings. And I'm like, yes, it's Jump Five. And we had this cool moment where we're like, oh, my God, we were both scarred by Jesus. This my boyfriend music. Awesome. <laughs> this is so sexual. Um, and it's all about losing yourself and not paying attention. It's like the perfect video to indoctrinate someone. Right. Or a song even, you know, it's right. so, it's so just like, let yourself go and turn yourself upside down. And, um, God damn it. It's so messed up. <laughs> it's Ryan, so are you trying to argue that these dance moves are hypnotizing? Mm. <laughs> that is a grunt of yes, everyone. They're, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is very sexual. I am very confused by it. Have you found the lyric that you were looking for? I'll bring for? it up in my... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Ryan, what was your favorite part of this? Oh, Jesus. Give me your highlight. I don't have one. I, <laughs> the, the highlight for me is equally my low light because the highlight for me is getting a reaction out of me is important. Yeah. Um, that's what I want. Whether it's good or bad, if I can react to something, I'm actually having fun with this. Right? Good. Okay, good. Um, I like bad stuff, right? I, I enjoy like how camp and how shitty something can be um, and how ridiculous it can be. So in that regard, like I want to know what's out there. And that's out there, and that's yeah. fucking bonkers. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I have no regrets in experiencing it. I don't want to re-see it. I feel like I will be part of the cult if I watch it again. Um, <laughs> or maybe you have to watch it three times. I don't know. Right, right. In a mirror. So Go ahead. So that I like, but it leads me to, like, just the thing that really, truly set me off. There was a the thing that, you know, that he did with his voice. There was a vocal shift, yeah. And now... Um, Moving on in the lyrics, he says, "You, who puts the word sequel in a song to begin with, right? But this is the line. What we're doing doesn't have a sequel. Mm -hmm. Why would you say that? Okay. Don't put it that way. We only get Don't want to lose your balance. I Oh, I know you got to keep your equal. Ibrium. <laughs> That's how they do it. <laughs> it made me so fucking angry. <laughs> What we're yeah. doing doesn't have a sequel. Don't want to lose your balance. Oh, no, you got to keep your equal. Ibrium. Uh. <laughs> like, they really do pause like that. That is terrible. Yeah, genuinely. Don't say sequel if you have to do that. Because there's no equilibrium uh, uh, rhyme after that. Yeah, like, why would you put equilibrium or sequel in a word? Um, Sequilibrium. I don't understand. Um, I... I um, do not stand. So this the songwriting, songwriting is atrocious. I'm yeah. really mad. At, I think the this is piss oh, poor genuinely lyricism bad. here. Absolutely. But it's probably written in Sweden. I mean, we just watched that thing where like they're just churning out these pop hits. It's very possible that they. Yeah, we were watching this. this is pop on Netflix, not a sponsor, but yeah. yes. Because lyrically, it's just so. Oh, it's so sugar coated or bizarre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very strange. All right, so. My my favorite thing about this yeah, it has genuinely nothing to do with the music video at all. I, 
The whole point of our podcast is to learn more about each other. And I need you to understand the crap that I listened to as a kid. And you know, uh, talking about this with my friend the other day, she was um, uh, talking about like the similar bands and music that she had listened to. And we realized that we, growing up in two totally separate um, religious families, her family Catholic, mine Baptist, we grew up on the same stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we we bonded over it. And I don't want to bond with you over this song, but I need you to know that this was a major part of my childhood. Word. So this accomplishes everything our podcast is about. Yeah. That's my favorite. Very interesting. Uh, all right, low light. Which <laughs> low light is highlights. They are chunky as hell. Oh, oh my god. That's um, it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the song is too bland to not comment the even niage, you know, subtext here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because this is normal to me, and that's very unfortunate. But it is very normal for me to hear um, relationshipy music in relation to Jesus. Um, that that doesn't seem to bother me anymore. What bothers me is Chunky Highlights. Why did they exist? Um, I mean, I thought Chunky Highlights was a pretty good band. I'm not, I'm not really tripping on it. <laughs> I'm not happy about it um, when it's on my, my pop artists. Pop artists. So there you go. Spinning around. By what? Jump Five? Jump Five. And they jumped a lot. Yes, they did. And they humped a lot. They air yeah. humped a lot. Um, they did their signature move that's on the they CD case. They have a signature case. move. Yeah, 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 where they all jump and do like cheerleader poses. Oh, really? It's on the CD case. Everybody go look up the picture. Ryan, I will show you after the show. I can appreciate signature moves. I was a big wrestling fan as a kid, so. Um, I don't think these people wrestle. That's how you'd have to sell it to me, though. Okay. Right. Okay. You know what? These people wrestle with the devil all the time. <laughs> don't we all, Kaylee? Don't we all? Yeah. Put um, the devil in the leg lock. Are we ready for an ad? Maybe. I think we're ready for an ad. People, are you ready for an ad? Take a drink. Here Take we a smoke go. break. Whatever you got to do. Drug. Okay, so highlight for me would have to be just the um, the nature of retaliation on um, the pow- people in power here. Okay. Namely, Le Sergeant. Um, yeah. He gets his comeuppance. People do get their comeuppance. As atrocious as this film can be and offensive as it can be, there are moments where we get a little like, yes, like, mm-hmm. thank God there's some balance to that. Um, one being Le Sergeant, uh during a caper, his uh, attempts to fuck with Mahoney or whatever it may be, uh, ends up being launched into the back of a trailer that contains a horse and we don't see anything. We just see people going, oh. And there's like a whole crowd of people like, oh. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of assumptions you could make. The next cut is him with his hair really slicked up. Oily as so hell. Pretty much confirmation his head flew right up this horse's ass. <laughs> or if it's a lady horse. Yeah. Vojoina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, goddamn, poor horse. Either way. Mm-hmm. Male or female. Either orifice. Poor horse. Poor horifice. <laughs> Poor horsifice. How many times have I said whore in this episode? I I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Um, well, okay. So I, I love that. And then there's the scene where Hightower um, hears, uh, it's Copeland or whatever his name is, refer mm-hmm. to hooks as 
Um, you don't have to say that word. Well, he, he uses a racist slur. I, I, th- I, is it a J? Is that what he says? Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's the J one, and uh, she, uh, you know, of course, is offended by that, as we all were. Uh, but Hightower takes it upon himself to walk his big ass down there, mm-hmm. and th- <laughs> it's a powerful, powerful image to me. Yeah, a black man in uniform mm-hmm. flipping over this you know basically skinhead looking white cop uh in a cop car yeah to me that's powerful yeah they didn't mean it that way i don't think at all it's just kind of part of this scene where they're you know him retaliating against him for for being offensive is that and um but i think in my lifetime in over this lifetime that i've had looking back at that is kind of I mean, and knowing what we know now and what we've been through since, it is a powerful image to me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's my favorite actual scene of the movie. Um, but yeah, it's also part of that whole, people do kind of get their comeuppance and get slapped back for, for certain things. And I like that. I'm glad. If it didn't have that, um, that like human element, because otherwise it would be what the force is. And that leads me to the lowlights. Mm-hmm. Tackleberry is what the force is, and I can't find the humor in this character. I never no, could. No, definitely not. As a child, I hated this character. Okay. And it continues now. I, I wanted to like him. Like, I, I was kind of open-minded, but the militaristic mindset, the quick to shoot is exactly what people perceive now as, you know, the reckless part of the force. And it's true. I mean, it's people like this that are just so fucking aggressive and hungry for confrontation they think it's the only job they can do this right mm-hmm. go be a fucking boxer go play water polo go do something but play basketball basketball yeah. basketball's so fucking aggressive yeah but no they have to be holier than now also so that's you know the other element to this and um no i i don't like that character and i don't like um the other two characters we're not supposed to like so you know whatever. yeah 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 the um Copeland to and, dumb and dumb. I probably called him like 15 different things. But. Yeah, yeah. I agree with everything you're saying there. Yeah, Tackleberry is complicated. Um, he. I don't even think he's complicated. I think it's something that, because they're trying to create stereotypes here, these different characters to they represent are. different types of mm-hmm. people. And um, unfortunately, this is the type of person that does become an officer very frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Trigger happy people, you know, and Mm -hmm. when we're recording this, the um, the Taylor Swift moment just happened where a cop pulled out his cell phone um, and started playing a Taylor Swift song while um, some citizens were recording his his poor actions as a police officer because he thought, oh, it's got Taylor Swift's song on it. You're not going to be able to put this on YouTube. Well, they were. They did. Everything's fine. Meanwhile, we're out here making a whole podcast based on Taylor Swift and Kanye West feud. And <laughs> <laughs> we totally are. Yeah. And uh, oh, that's why we're not on YouTube because you can't film this because we're talking <laughs> Taylor Swift. Because we have um, uh, lots of Taylor Swift and Kanye comments. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, it doesn't matter what police stupidity just happened in our life, I guess. The point is it's it's happening a lot right now. And um, this it's is always happened, but it's film. very it's very in our face. So, yeah, one of my reservations about, you know, uh, 
showing this to you and watching this at all is what's been going on and um what's going on i wasn't sure i don't remember it that well i remember yeah. thinking it was it was funny and I, it's hysterical i still laughed my ass off some okay. of the beats of this were just oh man i loved it i love lassard i think he's such a lovable idiot i'm very drawn to dumb characters like that mm-hmm. um I, yeah, I, I still love that, but it's kind of that thing where um, if you have to pick too many things out of it, is it still the same dish? No. Right? Definitely not. My mom used to use this metaphor all the time, and at the time it drove me nuts, but now that I am an, a, a wizened woman, it makes more sense. There's a little bit of shit in your brownies. Right. All the brownies are bad. Right. Um, there's a lot of shit in this brownie. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is bad. And yeah. and I mean, that's just my opinion. If you love this m- movie, um, cool, you know, cool. But I hope that in loving this movie, you're able to see the faults that are in it. And that's ultimately why I cannot recommend this film to anybody. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend this to a friend because I would be scared um of triggering them in some kind of way. Okay. I would be scared that they would assume that I endorse this kind of behavior or, um, yeah, that, that I think that this level of humor is funny. So what I'm hearing is you're not enamored with the goots. If you don't get the goots, we're, we're going to have a rough time what are you, in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. The goots is everywhere. The goots is out there. The goots is out there. <laughs> in the eighties. Goots in it up. All right, well, uh, it sounds like you would run away if I wanted to put this on. You know what? I would not make this bitch famous. I yeah. would run away. Yeah. That is a fact. Pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can talk like that now. <laughs> equal. Because Ibrium. that creates equal. Ibrium. Ibrium. Um. Okay, yeah. You know what we are going to talk about, I think. Mm-hmm. And actually, before we talk about that, I want to push what we're talking about next week. Uh, I'm sorry, next episode, to talk a little bit about what's coming up in general and what we want you guys to let us know about. Yeah, absolutely. So we are discussing starting Discord. If this is something you like, is if this is a platform that you would love to see us on, please send us too many emails at lookwhatyoumademeview at jamil.com or you can DM us on Instagram. We are lookwhatyoumademeview on IG. Check us out. DM stands for dynamite. Dynamite. Yes, it does. Stands for dolomite, Ryan. Dynamite. (laughs) Yeah. um, And if you want updates on what episodes are coming up, what bonus material we have in the works, or if you want to just see um, silly memes about what we're watching, totally check out our Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, we're kind of um concerned about uh engaging and we're thinking discord might be a fun way to uh talk to everybody and we'd like to do kind of live watch sessions where you know we let you know when we're watching that way you can throw some questions or some suggestions because often uh we will record the episode right after watching so we want to be able to um include some of the conversations in these episodes moving forward if you guys are into that so let us know if you're into that we will fire up the motherfucking discord machine or we will strike the discord Absolutely. Yeah. We can do Strike that. Strike or strum? Strum. Let's pluck it. Let's pluck we'll it like pluck the discord. each string. Let's go ding, 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 boom, 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 boom. Perfect. Is the discord a power chord? 
Of course it is. The Discord is definitely a power cord. Is Discord a power cord? <laughs> oh no, it looks right to me. This is me working at a central <laughs> guitar store. Um, yeah, also, hey, if you like what we're doing here, um, tell your friends. We don't have a Patreon. We don't ask you for money. We don't ask you to we buy do have a weird Ryan, stuff. Though. We have a Pat Ryan. If you see Ryan, you got to pat him on the head. <laughs> we do. We have a Pat Ryan. Um, yeah, tell your friends. Say, hey, man, there's this kooky couple. They watch um, weird movies together, um, and then they talk about it. And then if you see one of the guy in public, um, the way you show you know the show is you pat him on the head. That's our secret code. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you see Ryan in public, just pat him on the head real quick. That's our code. And, and then you'll go, know. <gasps> then you'll know that that Ryan also I will gasp listens. and look at you terrified like, <laughs> <gasps> no. Are you going to kill me or do you watch my show? Listen to my show. <laughs> yeah there you go are we ready to announce next week's movie it is time to announce the next show what are you going to make me view kaylee boo hey okay so i'm gonna make you watch little secrets the fuck is a little secrets it is great i think you're gonna like this movie it's evan rachel wood when she is like a baby interesting yeah it's got one of the kids from seventh heaven yeah we're gonna watch little secrets (laughs) you just (laughs) yeah Yeah. i rachel it up yeah chucky highlights yeah Yeah. oh little secrets (laughs) yeah hey audience are you gonna listen to little secrets We'll see you next week. Yeah. Or next time. Yeah, we'll see you next episode. We won't. We'll be in our uh, recording studio not seeing you. But um, hopefully we see you on the Did grams. you say not seeing you? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> no. No, I did not. Absolutely not. We really appreciate you guys listening. And we will be back in a couple weeks to after watching Little Secrets. And we'll let you know if we have any for you. But in the meantime... Freeze, dirtbag! <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm. Boing, boing. <laughs>